As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So maybe, maybe I should start drinking tea. Chocolate covered tea. Hello. Hello. Welcome, Mr. Tad Thank you. And we actually connected with a minimum of uh, craziness. All right. Good, good. I got a I got a blue snowball microphone just so I can talk to you guys once a year. Oh yeah, I'm ready to be the third partner of your show. Well, there is an opening. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I thought your son was being groomed. Yes, we don't realize that I actually really chose the name Zach because it sounded like Jack, so the branding would be easier. What do you think the odds of Jay keep Jay keep uh, not po- keep podcasting and me stopping? That's true. <laughs> Very true. I got to beg Jay to podcast. What are you talking about? Oh yeah. There. Colleen has to nag This is Jay's face when I ask him to podcast. You'll see it in about a minute. Okay. Hey, I mean, the, the last time you were whining about something Jay did or wouldn't do, I said, when are you going to get your own email? Because these guys, whenever they email me, they always use Jay, but it's Colleen or Jack or whoever. It's really, uh, it's really and he said, the chances of me getting an email is about the same as me getting a grandson. Well, so true. time that's, for an email is what I'm so. saying. I guess so. You know, I have several. I, no, <laughs> no, several emails. I just use the Lost Podcast I, because it's easy. I think this may have to be an off-the-air talk between. <laughs> uh, yes, I mean that, that was a complaint by Jack for a long time, and now you have a grandson, so we're no more complaining. Right? Do you hear me complaining? Yes. You hear me complaining? I think we've all heard you complain at some point. The chip. No, not him. He's I'm, the sweetness and light guy. Everybody knows that. Complain. I don't believe in complaining. Um, 
so just an update, Ted, as the last time we talked, uh, I now believe in ghosts because I finally had an experience at the house. What? All right. So, so we're, we're going. There's no such thing. <laughs> well, I, I've been waiting to tell you this story. Uh, All right. We I, begin with the supernatural, ladies and gentlemen. And this is a true story. About a month ago, I woke up thinking there was something over my bed looking, you know, and I got up and I could feel something there. It was, I woke up and I was like screaming at it and I kind of saw something. Didn't think anything of it, went back to bed. Next day, my daughter, my oldest daughter, was telling me that like five minutes after I, because I said it was like 2, 2.05, woke me up. She said she had the same feeling at 2. She was telling me a story that happened to her at 2.10, the sa same night. But she had someone over her bed looking at her, and she woke up. And she saw something that was... Uh... People look at me like I'm crazy, but it, 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 so uh, two same night, two different people. I, did, I don't ask. <laughs> he just lunges, as I recall. I, I, I did, I, and I was like, screaming at it that night. And my wife goes, what? I go, oh, there was something in the room again. And she goes, go back. She goes, go back to bed. And so I went back to bed. I don't mind. As long as it doesn't wake me up, I don't care. No, actually, I've seen sometimes I've seen it where I'm just laying there. But Jay doesn't believe it because he didn't see it. Everyone else in the house has seen it but Jay. I don't want to be on it. So I believe. Right. I'm a believer. Oh, I thought I finally Jay taunting me with the supernatural stories, and he didn't see anything at all. Did you once tell me it was orange or something, that there yeah. was an orange color? Orange color, yes. Well, that's weird. I'm evidently a Giants fan or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which the Padres are slamming the Giants right now, 8-1. to one. Take that, Giants. <laughs> all right. Go, Padres. It's our year. All right, so you have nothing more in the supernatural order to, to share other than a ghost evidently takes 10 minutes to travel between you and your daughter? I it's guess. kind of a slow ghost. It was like five minutes. It was five minutes later. Okay. I said oh, 205. She said, because she, she, she just was telling me the story. I go, what time did this happen? She said, 210. She woke up and saw the clock. I go, I had the same thing happen to me at 205. But it's like the distance between the two rooms is like an, an inch. Like well, those are the two haunted rooms, though. That's the one I've had. Her rooms I had tons of uh, problems with. Wait, Heather's room? Heather's room. When do you have problems? You mean uh, when you redid it? No, when we first moved there. I had my first thing with it. Thing, oh, I didn't I know like it was, was in Heather's room first. It. Yeah, Heather's room was the first one that had yeah, the... I thought I was being strangled. You know what? You, you should, Jack, you... seriously, you should do a little recap for the uh, new listeners about your uh, haunted house. Just to say your experiences. Yeah, I'm like totally interested now. Yeah, when we first moved there, I was for some reason I was who was that tension there was a hurricane there was a bad storm coming. So I said, I'll go sleep in because there was a tree there. I said, Well, if the tree falls, I'll get crushed, no big deal. But the, the, the girls slept in Nobody'll uh, care. Well, nobody I'm your yeah, Oh my friend. god, maybe that's a ghost. It was somebody who got smashed out of the tree in Heather's own room. Well, I'm laying I'm laying there. It was I think on just an air mattress, but we hadn't had all the furniture in yet. And I, that night I woke up being like I was slammed up against the wall and being strangled and I was fighting with something that wasn't there. You you remember that, right? Yep, I remember. He remembers that. Dale was there. Dale was with us for the first three months. Batted, I'm going to need Dale up here as, to as testify. As sound, yeah, and uh, the whole fam I woke up the whole family screaming up this thing, fighting with something that wasn't there. That I 
I felt like I was being strength fighting with someone. And so that started it. That's crazy. And then we've over time I've seen like it's funny because I've been waiting a month to tell Tad this story. I could have emailed it, but you he would have thought it was Jay. should start a blog. <laughs> <laughs> now, wasn't there also something with the window? Window being unlocked oh, yeah, the, or open? The, the, my wife and I were watching TV, and all of a sudden, the window just started slowly going down. And stop. And our windows are tight. <laughs> our windows are tight. It's not like they just they're Jay loose. Just they're so that tight, one. man. They're the tightest but it's windows. But it's not like the window would so just tight. fall for no reason. It just slowly was going down. Well, why does this? Okay, first of all. I don't know. I don't know. So whenever there is a free room in your house, the grandchild room is not going to be Heather's room, right? Well, no, because Kayla's going to go take when Heather moves out. Kayla's going to go in there. So I just I don't want my son to be and for the last month by the, the, a scary for a whole month the studio was haunted, but that was my mother in law. <laughs> I was just gonna say <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I'm bum. I think that I was the scariest ghost going. of all. <laughs> I'm almost kidding. Well, you know, if this ghost wants its own <laughs> franchise or something, it's going to have to up its game. I mean, the choking and the struggling, that's good. But there, there, uh, there and then it made the window lower slowly. <laughs> it's not, that's guys, not really poltergeist material. You know? what you're, we're watching TV. We just both turn around and look and go, did you see that? And I go, I saw that. The window was just going down, 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 and stopped. And then... The piece of the tinfoil slightly <laughs> fell over. And I was like, ooh. No, and the ghost is saying, what? Am I the only one? Am I the only one who's cold? See, Come on. And you couldn't get the Dan Aykroyd ghost. I couldn't, no. I would love to hear this. Dale's this is probably high or something. That doesn't count. <laughs> it was probably Dale himself. It was probably <laughs> Dale trying to choke you. I guess that they, yeah, These are, these are true Jack. stories. Okay, and then you know you realize if it was a movie, Jay, you are setting yourself up. I'm the, the big skeptic, the scoffer, guys. Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, and then you know it appears and vomits on die. you, and you, you just know, can't say I'll be right. Wake up back. on the ceiling. Here's the thing: it's it's not that I don't believe in ghosts. I, I do. I, I believe. I believe there's an afterlife. I believe there's ghosts. I just haven't seen them. So I will believe, but it couldn't possibly happen in Raleigh, North Carolina. No, no, I'm just saying. It just, I, I feel like my father is just going a little bit crazier every single day as he gets older and older. Actually, I think it's just the, that crazy was, old person. There are tales of um, Sasquatches that live in the Asheville woods. Yeah, Jessica can tell you she listens to Mysterious Universe too. Yeah, Colleen is going to hey, be all right. Excellent podcast. Oh my God, are you a plus member? No, I'm not because I'm a cheap bastard. Oh, that's my one. <laughs> it's an excellent free show, too. Oh, I love that show. Well, Colleen listens to that show. She's, she's getting crazier and crazier. Like, so I was listening to Mysterious Universe and Jay goes, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but no, because now she's like, I think I hear the alternate universe version of Zachary crying. I feel like I'm in between the veil. You cannot. I'm like, okay. What are you talking about? It's not a thing. I mean, Night Veil. <laughs> So, I, so, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I hate to be the skeptic because I'm usually I'm a believer. I'm a believer, but I, I just be a believer and everybody in the house has seen it. But then how have I not? I lived in that house for like five years, six years. Well, I mean, Nobody to be fair, you, have again, you, your you room smell smelled. your room when you live there? And no, I'm just kidding. Goes like, Wait, Jack, I'm not going there. Jack, when when um, when you said it began when you were 40, is that the same experience or is that something else? Well, I moved here when we were 40. Oh, okay. When I was 40, when we were 40. Oh. So that's when it first happened. 
because I never experienced anything like that in San Diego. Mm -hmm. Went to the Whaley House. No ghosts. Well, I haven't seen one, but I'm, I saw it on the special. They had it on Ghost Hunters. They had the Whaley House. And Did you see a ghost? Well, I saw one. If you, you, you know, well, you guys are from San Diego, so you know. But you go to the Whaley House now, and every room is under, you know, is behind plexiglass. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just go up. So it's like, you know, it's the most haunted house, but it's, you know. Wrapped in plastic. They, they, did, they did a special with a ghost. Much like there. Laura, and they they confirmed their ghost there. So it, uh, it's Jay, on TV. So your lie. audio is low. I have it cranked all the way up. Can That's you hear me said. now? Do they hear I me can, now? Are the are the the uh, commenters hearing? Yes, oh, uh, yeah. they're on the our YouTube page because we're we're not doing. We just upgraded to YouTube now. No Google so, Hangouts. Google Hangouts, we but just it's upgraded. on the YouTube's people. Uh, I think next year we're going to be on the vines. I think is that the. I heard vine is this new thing from 2013 that people do dirty things on. <laughs> oh man! That's that's the way you want to take the dirty marathon. <laughs> um, a fad, a good friend of ours has been on the show for many a year now, um, but uh, done a lot of different things. But uh, in animation. Uh, was also uh, an Imagineer. Uh, was a part of Epcot when that was being put together. Um, also uh, was part of the amazing Disney Afternoon, which is getting a bit of a resurgence now that uh, news that uh, DuckTales is being brought back. Yeah, I was actually at uh, in beautiful downtown Burbank, had a uh, arts festival today, and there was a whole block that was just animation people and, and guys selling cartoons and uh, animators selling sketchbooks and things. And uh, there's one guy who's sitting down and, and his partner said, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm an anim animation producer. And he said, well, what shows? And I said, Chippendale Rescue Rangers and Darkwing Duck. And the other guy, his mouth opened. He stood up suddenly. Let me shake your hand. And the other guy stood up. And it was like, great to be uh, honored. I need photos of this for my wife. But because she never, she never <laughs> sees the throngs. Uh, <laughs> after my autographs but uh <laughs> no i did say that i'd answer you know for so we're not just chatting since i don't have any ghost stories to contribute i just <laughs> yank them out of jack uh that's what she said yeah <laughs> no you're here so anyway i said i'd answer any disney afternoon questions or anything like that i think was it Corey? that you had, uh, I know there's Corey on now, and I forget who it was before who asked about uh, Epcot Center. Let me see if, if uh, I forgot what their question was. I think it was like what I, uh, I started in Disney Features and uh, around the time of uh, the original Rescuers and worked on Fox and Hound. And um, then I started some prep special projects and then was moved over to WED, which is now people refer to as Imagineering, and that was for, uh, yeah, Epcot Center. So I worked on, uh, to answer the question from this afternoon, I worked on the Imagination Pavilion with Tony Baxter, who was one of the key designers there, and uh, with Ward Kimball, one of the Disney's nine old men, I worked on the uh, Transportation Pavilion, although the ride's now gone because they went to a kind of a thrill ride thing. Uh, so that was cool. And then I came back, I was supposed to work in some documentaries and then ended up, um, being one of the founders of Disney TV animation. So did several shows there from, from most of your childhood, <laughs> except for Jack's. <laughs>
That was the black and white era. So. <laughs> yes, that was true. He was one of those rubber hose guys. You know, was Oswald Rabbit, Mickey, and Jack. Mickey was a lot skinnier. <laughs> Weren't we all? <laughs> Um, but what do you think about uh, the news uh, of the DuckTales coming back? Uh, arguably, probably the, the biggest of that Disney Afternoon era. Personally, Darkwing Duck so. the biggest, but, you know, DuckTales being the biggest. Oh, DuckTales was a huge hit. Uh, George Lucas, I got to meet him when I was working on Epcot stuff. And then he had said that DuckTales was, uh, or, yeah, basically he said DuckTales was to syndication television what star wars was to movies i mean it was huge i mean it really you know spread all over the country and all over the world and uh it was a fun show but uh yeah they're bringing it back in fact uh for a while it was being developed by a, a couple of ex-partners of mine uh, bob schooley and mark mccorkle who created on, on their own uh, kim impossible among other things but uh, they were working on ducktales uh and then it was just taken over a guy had a new pitch that was uh who was also a guy who used to work on my shows you know an artist so all i know is that he pitched it it went over like gangbusters and i don't know what the flavor of the show is uh the publicity artwork they put out was actually pretty traditional uh i don't know it was necessary this is what the show is going to look like but usually when they put out a piece of artwork it's supposed to be somewhat related so uh who knows you know so they'll reinvent the wheel yeah i mean it just, yeah. it, it's interesting um oh, somebody are we unmuted on your end from the video pardon me we're getting an echo yeah do, do you have the video pulled up on your thing oh uh from the however YouTube long ago page? it is hold on i will or maybe it's just on our end. I don't know. We start getting a, a loop here. A looper. It's the ghost. Um, but there we uh, go. for you, uh, kind of being the creator and then the, the showrunner for Darkwing Duck, uh, would you want to go back to rerun the show or are you done? Is that is that chapter in your life over? Um, I mean, just let's put it this way. I have no burning desire to go back to a show that I did 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a new show that I'd say, oh, this is going to top Darkwing. That's with Amazon right now, and hopefully they'll want to do it, or somebody else will. But um, on the other hand, if they ask me, which I tell fans that they won't, <laughs> uh, I mean, there's back when I was doing it, I was kind of being inspired by the comics I read as a kid in the Silver Age, uh, when you know Jimmy Olsen turned into a turtle boy, and Superman and Lois and everybody got huge heads because they evolved into a future self or um, just goofy covers. And, uh, you know, the, my audience didn't know of that era at all. But now everybody's aware of all the Marvel movies and all the other superhero movies on TV and in theaters. So there's just a lot more that you could play with, new characters to be creative. And you also... You don't have to explain as much. There's a lot of conceits out there that you could just say, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to do this thing and everybody would know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there would be plenty of new stuff to do. But on the other hand, if a company like Disney or anybody else wants to revive a show, they're not looking to do the exact same show from 20 years ago because that was for an audience that was 20 years ago mm -hmm. so you kind of want to it doesn't mean you have to change a lot but you just 
kind of want people to bring a fresh voice to it, you know, and a fresh, um, just a fresh story point of view. Um, but if they want to throw money at me or ask me to consult or something like that, sure. <laughs> well, what's I mean, and, and they announced a Chippendale Rescue Rangers live action movie, but it was just, I had to point out to people it was development. Uh, and people, I mean, it was announced and suddenly, and I thought actually the idea of a, a live action movie with, you know, CG animals and rescue rangers would be perfect because they were always yeah. supposed to live on the edge of the human world. Yeah. But uh, they announced that and suddenly I had fans like starting petitions to make sure I was a part of it. And <laughs> I, tr I tried to stop all that because I said, look, this is what happened. A rescue ranger fan, just like you guys, had a cool idea of how to do a rescue rangers movie. He's a filmmaker and he went to a company that had deals with Disney. They liked it. And Disney said, that sounds interesting. Let's develop that. I said, that's all that's happened. There's no movie yet. There's nothing slated, you know. So it was kind of like, calm down, everybody. But it's like, you know, I tweeted to the director and said, hey, cool. I saw some of your stuff. You know, good luck with it. You know, but down, down the road. I'll be tweeting a lot more until Disney says, we better pay him some hush money in case it's something bad, you know, definitely. Uh, I'm not shy. I'll look for a payoff down the road. But anyway, I, I really don't have an, a problem with, you know, again, they're, I created the characters, but I did it for Disney. They're totally owned by Disney. And it's like, yeah, bring something new to it. Somebody asked me, or somebody was posting because they're doing a new DuckTales saying, Oh, I hope they have Darkwing Duck's guest star. And that I rather not, only because I want somebody just as excited about Darkwing as the current guys are about DuckTales to give, and this is just selfish on my part, but just to give him full attention and Goslin and all the characters, uh, you know, to make it into a, a fun show and as opposed to somebody who's, you know, doing DuckTales saying, hey, why don't we do that for a one-off? One Let's just do a Darkwing episode. It's like, no, I want somebody to kind of reinvent him and give him a new car or motorcycle or, you know, whatever's right. Uh, yeah, so that's minor stuff. But, uh, you know, I always appreciate the interest of fans and, and kind of astounded that they even know me because maybe it's just the age of the internet, but it's not like I read the credits of any of the cartoons I used to watch. <laughs> I, had, I had to get, get another bowl of sugar frosted, you know, bombs or whatever that Calvin used to eat. I think, I think it is different though. I think people do read the credits now and pay attention to that with the social well, it's, media it's, and stuff. It's just cause like I said, I was a kid, I didn't know what, who wrote what or did what or titles of episodes. I didn't know. Well, now it's the age of the creator, right? It's the age of the showrunner. It's like showrunners are the rock stars, you know? And, so I think it's that you kind of almost retcon that a little bit and into, you know, you look at, you know, Tad's pedigree. So just it's like that's people know. Um, plus, Tad's really handsome. So it's easy on the eyes. Uh, and they, they just, you know, allure to him. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. Who do you think the first Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I got to say the my two career highlights just for my own enjoyment were Darkwing and then Hellboy because I did the two animated Hellboy movies. Mm -hmm. um, but after Darkwing, I was saying like, all right, now, now I'm ready to do a show and I've learned so much. And that's when they started up, you know, just concentrating for a while anyway on uh, 
feature film spinoffs like Aladdin, which was done by my friends, John Musker and Ron Clemens. Well, that's, that's usually where, you know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll reference you to a friend or something like that. You know, Disney fans like, oh, you know, Tad Snow's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, Darkwing Duck. And I go, and then uh, he's also responsible for Return of Jafar and the direct-to-video sequel. I'm like, ah, screw that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, did, I, did I tell you the story of me and... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In the L.A. Zoo, when I was short for a while doing a Lion King sequel? No. The, uh, I mean, I don't even own a copy of Return of Jafar. I should have, but we had a copy. I gave it to a nephew or something like that. But half of it's pretty good, but the other half not so much. But it was, the, the story of the creation of that was we would always do, like DuckTales did, a four or five part story that would be shown as kind of a movie the Friday night before the syndicated show started on the following Monday. And then as you got down the episodes, then they'd show it Monday through Friday. So I did call up home video and said, Hey, by definition, I'm kind of doing the sequel to Aladdin. And the first call, they weren't interested. Uh, then they put it out on video and they made a you know, boatload of money. And uh, I called them again. And this time they were very interested. And all I was trying to do is to find another avenue that our shows would bring in money so they wouldn't be cutting our budgets because we were always fighting the budget. We want to keep the quality. And I said, if they can sell a few videos, that would be awesome. But, you know, I let's put it this way. Yeah, I did not foresee what it did. And, uh, and yes, I tell people, yes, it's the stain on my soul. I, I was the one that started that. But... I got to say that if I was, if it had been a live action movie and I did a crummy live action sequel that was done for, I don't know, it was like three and a half million dollars and made $200 million, I'd be, you know, dining at the Spielbergs, uh, you know, people would be giving me cars and five picture deals. So, you know, we were just, just trying to have fun making cartoons, um, and they got quality wise, actually, the animation got better and better. I don't, you know, the stories were very up and down on the 
further ones. And then, you know, everybody got on the bandwagon and kind of saturated the market. So, you know, and now DVDs, Disney was putting out all sorts of, uh, um, like those, t- I, well, see, your son's a little young, but Disney created the, uh, they took what, instead of doing more sequels uh, that certainly longtime Disney fans didn't like, like Bambi 13 or something, <laughs> uh, they said, look, we're going to create new franchises, some out of old characters. So they took Tinkerbell and they, they made a series of Tinkerbell movies that kids love or certainly little girls went crazy for. And now they've stopped doing those, not just those, but as far as I understand, and to be clear, I'm not at Disney anymore. Um, they're not doing cars or planes or any of those things. Uh, and I said, but you guys are selling lots of toys. And somebody today, I finally understood. They said, uh, but there's no DVD market anymore. And I realized, actually, I'm going through that with my own production, where it started one way and they're now marketing it as a series instead. But it's like, again, the internet has changed things that so many people stream now that it used to be the DVD market was a huge market. You know, you could have a movie that did so-so in the theaters, but then was, you know, was saved by the DVD sales. Um, But now not that many people are going out and buying physical things. They order it through, you know, iTunes or Amazon or something else. And the return, I guess, is not enough. It's not the same. Yeah. I uh, mean, it, it's, it is totally different. It's scary, too, on the other hand, because I, I switched to a full streaming, you know, like buy it on iTunes, stream on the Apple TV. So I haven't bought a DVD or Blu-ray in three or four years now. Um, but again, uh, Apple can just take that away at any time. Um, they removed a couple of my licenses for no reason. Um and it, so that's scary from that ter- in, in terms of that, in terms of who controls ownership of the media. Yeah, well, remember the early, early on when Amazon uh, recalled the digital book. Remember that there was yeah. a, you know, suddenly people said, "Wait, wait, wait! I bought that book. How can you take it back?" You know, it, you know, because it's basically like somebody breaking your house and taking something off your bookshelf and running off with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just. It's kind of like, wait, I kind of understand why you did it, but you're not supposed to be able to do that. Yeah. So, um, Colleen says she has some questions from the audience that she wants to uh, read out for you, Tad. Um, Fantastic. Colleen, do you have those uh, ready yes. to go? Hey, Tad. Hey. Hello. Okay. Uh, the first one is, being one of the leading animators of Afternoon TV, was there any animated shows you vastly admired the – Quote, if I could have worked on one or a few other shows for a year, or a few other shows, it would have been blank. And that's from Scott. Oh, I'm not, not trying to get the last, what was the last part? Oh, like, so was, Phil, I Phil get and, that. Or is there anything I wanted to work on? Or, yeah, so was, if there or was, is it, I, wanted, I would work on it, but I would have done it differently. No, just if there was anything that you were like, man, if I could have worked on that, I wish I could have. Like, did you... I'd have to say no in that uh, it's the most fun to do your own idea. Certainly with an original idea, that's the most fun because, I mean, even the Rescue Rangers, a new character was Gadget the Mouse, our little inventor. And in one of the first episodes we wrote, we had Gadget on the ceiling with kind of like, um, you know, 
plungers on her feet. So she's walking upside down and the guys say, hey, we got to get going. She goes, oh, wait for me. And she undoes her shoes and of course falls to the floor. And uh, just because she was that oblivious. Well, my producing partner, Alan Zaslov, came and he said, I, you know what? Um, I, I just don't think Gadget would do that. And I looked at him and he said, Alan, I'm creating Gadget. She does what I say she does. He went, <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> it was kind of like he wasn't prepared for us to be, you know, the typical thing was uh, uh, male characters could be drooling idiots, but, you know, female characters had to be more proper and we were treating her as a comedian. And so, um, you know, he never <laughs> asked that anymore, but it's always fun to create your world even if you're adapting something uh, like an Aladdin, you're going so fast, you don't get to make every episode exactly the way you want it. <clears throat> but I always preferred the ones that felt like legends or uh, a kind of like, oh, that could have been an old fairy tale or you know, a solid fantasy story as opposed to just, oh, that'll be a real funny episode. Um, so, I mean, a lot of our friends worked at Warner's and, and stuff like that, but there was nothing that really I said, oh, I would have loved to work on that. Now, if I had heard somebody else got to do Hellboy, I'd say, oh, I wanted to do that, which is a little different. That's like a property you wanted to take a shot at as opposed to, hey, have you seen that new Tiny Toons thing? Oh, I wanted, I wish I could work, work on that. So it's a little different, but it's definitely fun to to you know, playing your own sandbox, even if, it's with, even if it's with somebody else's characters. Like uh, Warner's Brothers called me in to pitch about maybe doing kind of a Disney afternoon thing with some of the early Hanna-Barbera characters. And it was like, cool, that's, that's great. I won. I don't have to give up any original characters that I've created. Uh, and it's a whole line of characters that I can basically create a new show with. I'm happy to do that. You know, it's fun. It's awesome. Next question. Uh, all right. The next question. Did I get that one right? Did I, I get think, a score? I no. think you did because the person that you asked the question said, ha ha, good gadget story. Hey, hey um, before we go further, since this is for Autism Speaks, I'll do this. Uh, whoever donates the most in uh, this while I'm on, I'll do a, um, and I'll have to send it to you guys or something, but I'll do a original sketch of, you know, you can actually, they can ask what, they can tell me what, you know, two or three characters they'd like in this sketch, and I'll see what I can do. Ooh, wow. That's kind of awesome. That raises the stakes Thank right you. there. All right. We uh, like stakes. So I can actually give you an update of the total. Right now, we are at $1,420. Woohoo! So maybe we cool. can get to uh, at least $1,500 in the next couple of minutes, if not more. Yes, remember, whoever puts in the most money within a Tad's time frame, uh, of 11 o'clock to 12.30. Eastern time. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, will get uh, an exclusive hand-drawn sketch of the characters of your choice by Tad sent to you. That's pretty amazing. All right. And uh, so the second... Oh, and you can donate at lpdonate at gmail.com through PayPal. Send it as a gift. There you go. Perfect. Then they won't charge you lots of things. Uh, and the next question is, uh, based on your mention of Silver Age fun, did you ever watch Batman Brave and the Bold? I think it was one of the most brilliant tunes in eons. And that is also from Scott Eric. 
Oh, no, I, I love that show. I thought it was fantastic. In fact, it was really, I think it was, um, I forget the other guy's name, the guy who's taken over, but he was chatting with Bruce Tim and, and Bruce suggested the Silver Age Batman just in the general terms and like, why reinvent? I mean, I believe what I heard through the grapevine is that they were looking for a lighter take on Batman. So rather than create a new Batman from scratch and somehow just lighten it, it's like, no, you go back to the Silver Age and he already was the smiling Batman, basically. Uh, although they play with him, they made him stern in the series. But man, not too long ago, I rewatched the uh, musical episode they did. Uh, it was fantastic, you know. You know, they were able to do, I mean, in general, my feeling was always Warner Brothers, uh, as much quality as Disney put out there. But the TV stuff, Warners would do the the bizarre one-offs and actually take time to do them in a real special way. They really were able to nurture episodes where we were definitely on a, you know, an assembly line. That's awesome. No, but what was fun about Brave and the Bold is they also, and, you know, I don't know what it was like for, you know, brand new viewers or who hadn't read the old comics, but they would resurrect the weirdest, you know, secondary tertiary characters that, you know, you never thought you'd see animated and here they yeah. are starring with Batman. It was just fun. You know? yeah, that was pretty cool. That And just, it, it, they also made the action figures for which are really cool. And I don't know, it's just, it's a lot of fun. The jokes. The, the, the DC universe is just so expansive with just weird characters like that. So it was a lot. Yeah. Of Did you read the email questions? Uh, no. Do you want to read them? Out? Sure. All right. We got some more questions. Cool. All right. Uh, the I first, have not seen those. The first one is any anecdotes behind the origins of Darkwing's catchphrase, let's get dangerous. Um, one day I was, no, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think because I came up with it. My, I, my main memory of it is my order to everyone. I said, you have to use this in every single episode <laughs> because I basically said, that's how catchphrases become catchphrases. Um, no, I have, I have no idea how that came to me. It did come from me. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything in pop culture at the time that I was riffing off of i don't think so the his secondary um catchphrase which we didn't use as, uh, as much thankfully because people kept misunderstanding it was suck gas evildoers and people kept forgetting the g so uh, <laughs> and said, i walked into my room and my i heard this duck say and it's like he didn't say that no yeah he has gas guns you know um <laughs> no, I mean, Darkwing started out, he had a, you know, a history. He started out as a, he was supposed to be a secret agent uh, and ended up, you know, more of a pulpish superhero. And that was, you know, he had a, he could have gone a whole different way. What happened was, um, uh, Jeffrey, we had done a episode of DuckTales called Double O Duck. And it was just Launchpad McQuack doing a James Bond parody. Uh, and Jeffrey loved the name. He thought that name was just on its own marketable and said, I want you to develop a double a duck show. And he, and it didn't have to be a launch pad, you know, just 
create a new character. Um, so I did, but I, I did it hesitatingly in that this was before, um, uh, you know, the even Inspector Gadget's return to live action or um, uh, I'm totally blanking. And I'm seeing the guy with the glasses and the big teeth. Help me, people. Um, the spice booth. Um, yes, thank Austin you. Austin Powers. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So this that. is before Austin Powers, and uh, I'm old. I have an excuse. Well, you're a dad, so you're not sleeping. So <laughs> exactly. I'm a, I'm a dad Cheers. to a ten month old. I don't have a brain anymore. Um. <laughs> anyway, it was before that, and all I was thinking is like, well, this is just going to be a spy parody. It's not going to have. Disney heart or, you know, warmth or, or the, you know, a richer story. It's, you know, so I just did what you'd expect. Here's the Q personality. Here's some gadgets that he has. Um, and I pitched it to Jeffrey and he said, this is just a spy parody. There's no Disney heart or a sense of family or characters. And, you know, for that split second, you're going, yes, the boss agrees with me. <laughs> You realize that, oops, he was asking me to succeed. And he said, do it over. And that's when I did what I should have done day one is don't pitch something that you're not believing in. Uh, so I went back in and instead of doing straight super agent stuff, I was thinking more of old Doc Savage. And I'm not that old. I'm, I mean, I didn't hear it on the radio, but it had a resurgence in the 70s and, you know, paperback books and whatever. So I was uh, familiar with it. But Doc Savage is this pulp character kind of a super guy who had a team of like seven agents that all had specialities. And I started thinking those terms, but then I went to the shadow and the green Hornet, especially the shadow. And that is, you know, the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. That's what became, I am the terror that flaps in the night. Uh, anyway, pitched that it didn't really work until we came up with Goslin who's my favorite character of this show. The I and the pitch was basically what if that Batman had an incorrigible daughter who refused to stay at home. Uh, and that was when it sold. Um, but he was still called double O duck and they announced it. They had little cloisonne pins that they gave out at the, you know, syndication conventions and whatever. And they got a letter from the producer Cubby Broccoli who owned all the rights to do James Bond's movies and it turns out there's no such thing as double O agents in uh, Britain. Instead, that was created by Ian Fleming. Therefore, they owned the rights and we were not going to do it. But now we had a show moving into production uh, called Double O Duck that we couldn't use. So your trivia fact of the day is we had a contest for, saying we'll give $500 to whoever comes up with the name of the character. Really? And it, yeah, and it was one, and people, a lot of alliteration was was flying. Um, Dead-Eyed Duck, you know, and I, I should have saved the list because uh, they were pretty ridiculous. But it was Alan Burnett, one of the writers who worked on DuckTales and was at Disney, who came up with Darkwing, and that was kind of a forehead slapper because I never thought of Nightwing and Darkwing, and I just said, that sound, that is a great name, but it's a little too dramatic. Let's put Duck with it. So that's the silly side. That's the character. Uh, Alan won the 500 bucks and soon after went to Warner Brothers where he became the story editor of the first Batman animated series with Bruce Timm. So, you know, 
I think we warmed them up for the role. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's how Darkwing came up. And his whole, the idea of I'm the tear that flaps in the night, I am the road salt that rusts the underside of your car, <laughs> that actually was not in from the beginning. That was an episode where Launchpad had to, um, I, you know, I am talking like everybody has seen this show. I assume <laughs> there's plenty. Um Anyway, Launchpad had to stand in for Darkwing, and he could never get it right. He was constantly saying, I'm the bubble gum that will stick to the bottom of your shoe. Uh, and we thought it was hilarious. And I said, we're giving that to Darkwing. I said, from now on, Darkwing always says that and, you know, comes up with new things. And that was, you know, you know, it wasn't me who came up with the funny ones that, that uh you know, kind of sparked it, but we definitely, it became a thing that everybody loved. That's awesome. So that's it for the <clears throat> catchphrases. I think we've covered that and more. All right. The next question is from Corey. Do you think we'll see a revival in uh, 2D slash hand-drawn animation film? It seems that style has slowly died off. Um, <clears throat> we could, obviously it's, it's, uh, certainly debated in, in the animation community. I mean, um, you know, uh, there's guys, you know, Brad Bird who does, you know, The Incredibles and 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 uh, John Laster, for that matter, is huge fans of, of 2D animation. But <clears throat> the ones that have come out haven't, haven't, you know, caught on like the CG stuff is. I'm not sure why, because it, it's rare that, kind of the paintbrush you choose to use to tell your story. It's, it's weird that it suddenly becomes dated. Um, but uh, it did. And, you know, maybe it was all the direct-to-videos that kind of said, oh, we're getting enough of that. This CG stuff is new. But now there have been tons of CG direct-to-videos, and it's not hurt. There's more animated films being made every year than there ever was, you know, period. Uh, the one interesting thing about CG movies versus 2D. It used to be that every once in a while someone else would try to do a 2D feature. It would never be successful. I mean, it was very rare that anything made money at all until I think American Tale uh, that Spielberg did for Universal. Um, but yet in the CG area, um, there are, there's Sony, there's the guys who did I forget the name of the company, Ice Age and that whole thing, obviously DreamWorks. Um, it just has really been something where, yes, the story is that what matters, you know, the uh, where 2D didn't have that. And maybe it was just that it was so hard to get the artistry of the animators on paper, whereas there's more there's more of a technical element of CG animation. Uh, it still counts like who the animators are, but there's something about it that allows for better execution or, um, and the art direction is varied, but you know, it's, it's interesting that suddenly now it's not, you know, it's just one more animated film and it's, it lives or dies on how good it is. So anyway, a long way around. So 2D could come back, but the problem is, first of all, is trying to get a crew to do it. I mean, if you did it 
sooner than later. There's obviously all sorts of veterans who you could hire to, you know, do it. Um, but uh, I, it, there's nothing innate about it that makes an investor just say, I'm going to put all my money in a 2D studio because I believe in it. You know, it, it becomes something that you would like to see. It's just no one's doing it. On the other hand, huge amounts of 2D on TV. And in fact, you know, CG has a harder road in kind of television, trying to get quality animation and TV. So who knows? Next question. Did I get that one right too? How am I doing? No, okay. I, 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 I think you wrong. did. Oh, <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> uh, next question is from Jared. Do you have any input with either? The As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. DuckTales video game or Rescue Rangers? No. None whatsoever. All right. Next question. <laughs> no, I got that one right. I got a story to go with it. Were there any censorship problems at Disney or when you did Hellboy at Cartoon Network? Um, Hellboy was actually done as a direct video that was shown on Cartoon Network. And uh, we made like some huge mistakes in marketing. Otherwise, it probably would have been at least a little more popular. Um, but no, we did Hellboy the way we wanted to. Uh, Mike Mignola basically does. Hellboy is not a real bloody comic. It's more about the supernatural and the eerie. And the fun thing about that was instead of like in a Scooby-Doo cartoon, you kind of have a symbol for fear where it's like, oh, Scooby, we're in a haunted house. It's like, no, we go into a house and we convince you that it's going to be creepy uh, or feel creepy just as you would in a live action horror movie. Um, anyway, did I, did I cover that? I forget. Uh, no, it was, it was, uh, was there censorship issues, right? Oh. Thank you. With uh, some things I don't like to think about. No, um, <laughs> but no, it was generally. I mean, we were first of all the kind of the nebulous side of things of just generic. Is it right for kids? It's just the fact that you're working at Disney, you're just not thinking in those terms. 
um, there were standards and practices when we did a network show that could be ridiculous at times. Um, the, with the silliest one, and it just was one network, um, they didn't want you, I mean, everybody didn't said you can't send a character through a window. You can't break glass. And you can kind of say, okay, I get that because glass is sharp. But one wouldn't let you even have the sound of breaking glass because they thought kids would be fascinated by the sound and try to imitate it. <laughs> what? Okay. You know, I didn't that one at all. But uh, that was one of the, the sillier things. But as far as, you know, there's everybody who scoffs about, oh, stupid standards and practices and all of that. I got to say... The second week, really, certainly in the first month that Darkwing Duck was on, we get notified that a kid almost strangled himself somewhere down south, as I recall, um, while playing Darkwing Duck. And instead of stonewalling it, my boss actually called, found the, the, his mother, and it turned out he wasn't doing it because it was like, oh, he had it on as a cape and it got he got caught around his bed stand or some, whatever it was, but it turned out he, it wasn't related to Darkwing Duck. It was just kind of like, well, what does he watch on TV? And his friend said, well, we watch Darkwing Duck or whatever. But all you need is a call like that to say, you know what? Not so silly as kids can do. I mean, I know one of the networks, you couldn't show ropes because kids had tried screwing around with a rope and nearly strangled themselves. Uh, and I've told people, I said, it's the most sobering thing in the world that you put out a piece of entertainment and someone watches that entertainment and does something you didn't, you assumed that they weren't going to do. Uh, and, you know, suddenly you realize, yeah, mass media and people should get it, social media too. There's a responsibility with it. You know, it's that. You know, the worst thing on the internet is the faceless, let's pile on this person and rip them apart and embarrass them. Or, you know, we've all heard the horror stories. And it's like, you know, the power of media, you know, suddenly is, it's uh, pretty scary. So, but anyway, no. And with Hellboy, it was absolutely none because we were staying to Mike's vision as much as possible. And it just didn't, it, it wasn't a particularly bloody thing. And, and, Anything since it was a the movie was made ahead of time. If Cartoon Network had a problem with any specifics, then um, they would just edit it like they would any other movie. There's a Hellboy episode I did called Hot Spells, which has Goslin talking to the devil, um, and it was shown on ABC. It got through their standards and practices and whatever, but you know, it only takes a couple of people to complain. And I think they pulled it out of the syndication package and people say, Oh yeah, it's never been sold, you know, shown since, which makes me think I should dig up my old tape somewhere and put it, digitize it and put it out there. But it could be traced back. <laughs> well, very good. Awesome. Good answer. Good answer. All right. Uh, All right. Matt, almost a thousand. Almost. <laughs> One more question. Um, there can be more. People can write I, in new questions. I'm sure there's going to be, but uh, for right now, uh, the voice casting for Darkwing's villains, and the whole show for that matter, is superb. I only know of Andrew Romano from the Warner Brothers shows, but could you please go into detail on your involvement with the voice casting? 
the voice director of uh, uh, Darkwing was Ginny McSwain. And uh, she and Jim Cummings, who does the voice of Darkwing, it was fascinating to watch them work together to create the character. Because, and I didn't see this in any of my other shows, there was, um, Jim did this kind of, I mean, he did Darkwing's voice, that was fine. But then when he got, you know, something fell on him or whatever, uh, he kind of did this fat, this kind of flattened voice kind of thing, whatever. It was, it was just something out of the ordinary. And Ginny jumped on that. She said, remember that, remember that. And then as he was doing other bits, she would say, do, the flat, do that thing again. And they would do that on several different things. And they kind of crafted this Darkwing character. Just not only, um, it wasn't just the words. It wasn't just Jim doing it. It was the feedback from Ginny back and forth. Uh, and then she would bring in, I would tell, basically, I wouldn't tell her to get so-and-so. I would say, here's the character. And she would suggest people to me. And, uh, you know, at the beginning of a series, you do auditions for the main characters. But when it's just, hey, we got this, you know, Bushroot villain I just made up. You know, she's the one, and I'll say, here's his personality. And she reads the script. And then she brought Tino and Sana to the table who did a, such a great job of that character. Um, so it's not Ginny and, and a lot of it. Warner's was basically it was a publicity department who made you know the name Andrea Romano. I mean, because usually those people are invisible and, um, you know, they, and again, part of it was the time, but um, people, knew Bruce Tim, people knew Andrea, people, I mean, I just gave super credit to Warner Brothers for doing that sort of thing. Whereas at Disney, you're generally, the, the name that's on everything is Disney. And sure, we started doing, you know, press kits and things like that and behind the scenes stuff. But, uh, you know, I just think it's a difference in two different studios at that time. But, uh, I don't have much more than that as far as the casting. It was, like I say, it was, I create the character. There's only one time that I thought there was kind of a miss. That was with um, um, Quacker Jack, who was, you know, I just wanted him to be Jack. A, a little uh, a little scarier. He was kind of, could have been our Joker, um, but not too scary but it was just an edge and i just felt like eh. and and frankly i became less interested in the villain but one of my story editors uh Dwayne capizzi who's done many superhero shows um really liked him and created more of him he liked the liquidator he really did blood flood uh did more stories with him whereas uh, my favorite villain was megavolt as written by duck langdale who's currently story editing Puss in Boots for DreamWorks and, and Netflix. Um, he was just really wacky. He, he did things with Megavolt that I don't know how it came out of his brain. It was like he, Megavolt knocks over a jewelry store, but what he does is he's stealing the, the light bulbs from the display cases, and then he runs out to the side, sidewalk, and he says, Be free, my beauties! And, you know, throws up the light bulbs, which of course crashed to the sidewalk and he's horrified, but it's like, how did you think of that? You know, but you know, that's, those are my favorite things. Dan Castellaneta, 
you know, Homer Simpson, who was also our genie later on, just did a fantastic job on that voice. So that's kind of, oh, the only, here's a random thing. It wasn't on the show when this happened because it was a later episode and I moved off. Uh, in Rescue Rangers, Carol Channing uh, of Hello Dolly fame did a voice of a poodle, I want to say. And uh, the story that got back to us was she was wearing the silk blouse that was just making noise in the microphone because she was really moving as she recorded. And she goes, well, we're all professionals here. And she just took off her blouse and did the rest of the episode like that. So it's like, <laughs> hello, Dolly. <laughs> Evidently. Well. Of course, I just looked up, saw the word negaduck, and it's like, yeah, he was really easy to cast. <laughs> so, hey, Jim, you're doing two voices here. <laughs> Gee, come to think of it, I wonder if we paid him for two voices or just one. Hmm. Probably just the one. Now, I got to say, Negaduck, the one thing with Darkwing, I was never a huge fan of continuity. I mean, to me, it was Silver Age continuity. You always, you know, Lois is trying to prove that Clark Kent is Superman. Jimmy Olsen is his, Superman's best friend. But things rarely changed, and television was usually like that, too. It didn't matter what dramatic thing captain kirk went through in an episode at the beginning of the next episode he was back to being his core self um but the and that's why darkwing had something like six origins in there but negaduck specifically again we did a a show where he was hit by a ray that split him into a good side and a bad side um and then after that, I just said, I like that character. Let's use him again. And people are saying, well, how are we going to get the machine back? And then we'll have to. I said, no, no, no. I just like the character. Use him again. And we just did Negaduck episodes without ever explaining it. And then fans, bless them, since then have tried to come up with backstories that blend the various things together. And it's like, I just have an evil side of me that if I was still doing episodes, I'd say, okay, how can I blow that out of the water? So. Uh, one of my, uh, as a kid, uh, my tape of Dark and Duck was the, uh, like the Justice League episode where uh, Negaduck form all the the, the Justice Mega, Ducks, yeah, the Justice Ducks and um, Just Us Ducks, um, and uh, I wore that tape out. I love that uh, episode. It's a classic. Do you have dogs in the room? Is no, that what I'm hearing? Laughing at somebody in the back? Doing... Someone's someone's writing something on the ice. We have a, uh, a somebody cut nice on the zamboni and probably writing an inappropriate word. Your mic is or is he writing on boobs? Guys, mics on. The mics are on. I just turned it off. It's fine. Anywho. Uh, okay, so I have another question. Another question, Mr. Tad. Another question for Mr. Tad. You got to turn me back on, though. I did. <laughs> You're on. Oh. Man, talk about straight lines. <laughs> um, if you weren't in animation, what would be your second career choice? Um, I would have, thankfully, here's another business that went out of the thing. I always wanted to be a, a cartoonist, you know, a comic strip artist. Ah. Uh, and I created a comic script out of college where I called um, Flipside which was uh, a radio station 
And this was before WKRP, which was a you know TV series about a radio station. But I did like three weeks worth of strips and tried sending it out, got rejected. But I guess I would have tried following up on that. And then again, suddenly there's no newspapers. So it's like I might have just gotten to the end with that. So. But that anyway, that my dad wanted to be um, a cartoonist. Uh, and he, when he was at USC, he'd do like a cartoon for their daily paper, the Daily Trojan anyway. But because of the, the tools of the time, he actually had to carve linoleum blocks. So it wasn't like he could come up with a detailed drawing style because doing a finished cartoon every day is great practice. But when he graduated, it was like the depression. He just took whatever job was there. And I guess he tried working after hours on it, but, you know, ultimately didn't. And, you know, after a while, it's like I have to feed the family. So, uh, but what he had was these great how to cartoon books and these famous, famous artist cartoonist um, mail order uh, lessons. And I grew up with those you know, and read them because they were heavily illustrated with comics of Milt Kniff who had done Steve Canyon and Terry and the Pirates uh, and Al Cap who did Little Abner. Back then, comic strip artists were, well, before then, but like in the 40s, comic strip artists were on the cover of Time Magazine. I mean, not just Charles Schultz, but Al Cap. They had TV shows and radio shows based on their characters. They were like superstars. So anyway, I had all that stuff, and I just, early on, I wanted to be um, either cartoonist or comic books or uh, animation, and when I got older, I felt like, well, the only place I want to animate is Disney, because they're the only ones who are doing full animation, and uh, but they've got their guys, and so they're not looking for new people, so I was thinking more of comic books. Um it turned out that was kind of accurate, you know, and then they, while I was in college, they started their training program, which was very small. They finally said, Hey, these things are actually making some money now. So let's, uh, let's train the new crew. Um, so it was just, just timing. It's like the, uh, sweet mate of my now wife, uh, her father worked at Disney. So she said, you ought to submit your stuff at Disney. I go, what are you talking about? And she goes, well, they have a training program. And I called for information and without meaning to suddenly had a meeting for the next week. <laughs> and I had to put together a portfolio and, you know, luckily got in. That's pretty awesome. I mean, just kind of the, almost the, uh, the happenstance or what should happen, you know? Um, oh yeah. There's, there's, Huge things like that. I've got a couple of places in my life where I say that one thing could have been different and that had a domino effect, you know. Um, but yeah, and it was it was definitely, you know, right place at the right time. And, um, you know, who knows? I mean, most likely I probably would have chased after comic books. And I've, you know, I had a chance to write some and, and actually illustrated a young Hellboy story and wrote it. And, uh, I did it right now on the stands right now is a Darkwing Duck compendium gathering together all the Darkwing Duck comic books that were done by Boom Studios. It's now a new producer and they kind of did some rewriting and, and actually improved the art in certain places by the original guys. Um, so my, I did a story for that's in there uh, where I wrote it. I didn't draw it. 
Um, so that's fun. It's I just think comics are a fantastic medium of a unique blend of of um, words and pictures that you can do things in that medium that you can't do in animation. You know, that's just how the panels are laid out, how you tell a story. The idea of Spider-Man throwing a punch and while his fist is hitting somebody's chin, instead of, Oof, you have a whole joke. And for a while you say, well, that's not realistic. And you realize, no, that's the medium. Embrace it. You know, that you can get quippy in the middle of a fight. Or if you try doing it when you're actually jumping around, you're going to be breathing hard. So uh, <laughs> anyway, so that is the road untraveled. You know, an alternate universe, Tad, is... As <laughs> a um, mysterious started universe talking heavily, about. You know. I mean, honestly, in today's day and age, with just the way media is, there's no reason you can't, you know, do a comic on the side or something like that. You got oh, no, definitely. I've, I've said that that's kind of my um, uh, retirement plan, is uh, basically doing the roadshow tour of... Because I've got friends, uh, James uh, Silvani, who... Uh, drew the Darkwing Duck comics and his, there's new ones coming um, and he's drawing those too. Uh, and Amy Meverson, who does these fantastic things online called the Disney Pocket Princesses. And uh, I urge you all, if you have any interest in Disney, to Google that. Uh, Pocket Princesses. And she, they're just one panel cartoons and she really captures the, the it's like the, all the princesses are living together and she gives each one of them a personality that's right out of the core character, and they're hilarious. Mm. Uh, anyway, those two uh, work together on covers and things like that, and they go to conventions, several conventions a year, and they sell uh, sketchbooks and prints, and I'll sit with them when they're in town uh, you know, to sign the various Darkwing things, to you know, bring more people to their table just for fun. Um, but it's like, yeah, I'll do that. That's I'll do that. right now. It's a weird thing. I don't spend a lot of time intentionally talking about stuff twenty years ago because I'm still in the business. I mean, I'm uh, directing three movies right now. That well, actually, now they're a series. So I'm directing nine episodes now. Um, and it's if I go to pitch a new show, I don't want to be seen as the nostalgia guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm kind of careful on it, but you know, once I'm retired, it's like all bets are off. I'll, I'll draw Darkwing for you. I'll do this. I'll, <laughs> you know, I'll do a sketch for thirty bucks or whatever. You know, um, thirty dollars. Well, that would be a bargain. They said actually when I I did a couple of commissions and I rarely do them, uh, but this guy where I was actually selling a comic collection to, the co-owner of the store, he said it's for the other owner, and he says I really want this. I want you know, the TARDIS and uh, um, Spike from Buffy and uh, the, you know, the 11th Doctor, or was it the 10th? The 10th Doctor, uh, all his ducks. Oh, and a Dalek, you know. And I said, okay. And I talked to James and Amy about, what should I charge for this thing? And they said, well, that's a pretty big prop. It's three characters. That That's like $250, you know, especially since you kind of created the duck thing. Um and it's kind of like, how about $250? This guy didn't even blink. He goes, great, fantastic. And <laughs> got it framed and everything. And it's, I did that to one other person. And uh, or I should say I did it for one other person. <laughs> um, and it was like my wife walked in on me and said, how much are you getting for that? Because I was spending a lot of time 
on it. I said, $250. And she went, what? It was kind of like <laughs> glint in her eyes saying, do some more. Uh, <laughs> it still seems like a bargain to me. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, it's, it is kind of a piece of original artwork. If I'm doing Darkwing stuff, people say, oh, that was done by the creator. And it's like, it's worth what it's worth to you. You know, it's, I it's, just, uh, it just seems, I think you're cheating yourself. Wait, wait, hold on. I haven't gotten my Darkwing sketch yet. So <laughs> okay. up the well, price, maybe okay. you should uh, contribute to Autism right. Speaks in this uh, hour. I just think it's a, I think it's a lot of, I mean, I couldn't do that. So, and you're like said, I, I would charge more. Again, wait till I get my sketch first before charge you start raising more. the rights. Well, like actually, it wasn't like I suddenly said, okay, I'm going to start doing this stuff. Uh, I did do a series of smaller sketches um, that they, if you buy one of my Silver Age comics at this comic store, you get the sketch. And one thing happened, the, the woman bought a comic, got the sketch. She said, this was the wrong sketch. And it turned out she wasn't buying it for the comic. She just was paying for the sketch because it was a gift for her daughter. Um, and it turned out that the daughter was an old uh, production person that had worked on the Hellboy shows, I think, with me. And uh, huge rescue rangers fan so i went ahead and did one there but the comic store said can, can we have the comic back or to sell again <laughs> so anyway at, at as of this time tadstone's commissions are still pretty rare as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Um, but, uh, yeah, hang out for a few years and then I'll, uh, you'll get all the ones you need. Uh, <laughs> but that's, I mean, it is, it's, you kind of look for the going rate and stuff like that. And, uh, I always hate my artwork, so I'm always surprised there have, <laughs> I did a, a sitting at James and Amy's table. I did a, a sketch of Darkwing or something and it just didn't come out well at all. And I said, let me do another one for you. Let me do another one for you. And, and, and then I did one that, okay, I feel better about this one. The guy says, cool. Now I have two. I said, no, you don't get the first one. Uh, <laughs> that one's getting shredded. <laughs> oh, hold on. Go ahead. Colleen has a question. Uh, there's one more question from the chat. Uh, is there anybody in the industry that you haven't worked with yet that you'd really like to? Uh, Jay and Jack. <laughs> Yes, I will be doing the Jay and Jack YouTube animated extravaganza. Yeah. Um, well, no, hair? I'm sorry. It's Wait, a Netflix can I have show. Hair? I think. Can I have hair? Um, what do you mean, um? What's what to think about? Well, I, you guys are naturals. You are cartoons. <laughs> uh, drawing you would be just, you know, redundant. Okay. <laughs> so close to having hair. 
there are artists, some that I have worked with in different, in fact, the show that Amazon is considering right now um, is a science fiction show. And it's kind of like, okay, I want to take the humor, push the humor much farther than Darkwing did and yet push the adventure side that much farther too. I mean, in some ways, Ghostbusters once, uh, I forget whether it was Harold Ramis or Ivan Reitman pointed out that, he says, no, the Ghostbusters, they all react realistically. They're just incredibly witty guys, but they are afraid when they're supposed to be afraid and their, you know, their motivations are irregular. And it's kind of like, okay, push that even more into a cartoon element and add in the idea of like, no, I'm going to put a real science fiction story in here too, but there'll be real Jeopardy. Um, so that's the basis of my show. And I would love, in the backstory of the show, there is this ancient race that has died out and their technology has left. But that should all have a similar look. Well, uh, Ben Caldwell is an artist that did fantastic stuff for me when I did some pitches way back for Cartoon Network. And he has this unique style. He's, it's just gorgeous. And it was, besides his artwork, what he's really great at is world building. He'll just say, oh, these are the kinds of shoes people wear. And, and they use neon this way. And, and they build their doors or triangles instead of rectangles or whatever. He just goes crazy with that stuff. I would love to work with him to create that alien race look and the technology because that plays a part in the, in the front story. I mean, in the present day story, then I would love to work with Jake Parker, who I've worked with again in doing pitches. I hired him, I think when I was still at Disney, um, he has sketchbooks out there and feel free to Google all these people. Uh, Jake Parker, uh, he does these cool technology things and robots and, and also has a cartoony style, but it's like, oh, I'd like to work with him to create a lot of the human technology. So it really has a different feel. So it's more like that. I, I looked at uh, the art of Corey Loftus, who's I would never get because he's at Disney Features, I think. He just does these cool cartoon landscapes, has a variety of styles, but it's like, oh, I'd love to get him to art direct. I have, you know, which I couldn't, but uh, I had a color stylist and I still have her. She'll be back after our hiatus on my current show that is just incredibly creative woman. And it's like, oh, I love her sense of color and design. I'd like to work with her on it. So there's definitely a dream team I put together, but it's not like, oh, I've never worked with Maurice LaMarche. You know, I wanted him to do the voices, you know, because I loved what he did with Brain on Pinky and the Brain. Um, and Egon on the real Ghostbusters. Exactly. Uh, Quite the resume on that guy. Um, anyway, it was, it was, uh, so, I mean, that would be fantastic if I get to do one more series, if it was that series and I could, and generally it wouldn't be money to hire all those people, but, um, I would love to, to do that. Cause to me, one of the things I love about animation versus, uh, me just doing a comic is working with insanely talented people who you know, you, you describe something and they bring you something that 
fits the bill, but it's nothing like what was in your head. They just bring their own artistry to it and they've, and they've added ideas to it. And that's just, just fun. It's just awesome. Um, and I really have learned more, you know, since I did even Hellboy. And it's like, I am just dying to get in there. And it's like, got a couple more years to do that, but it's just to find somebody who, who wants an original show and that's narrows the category, uh, quite a lot. And hopefully will give you the budget that you can actually do the show you want to do. And I, I'm not talking even an extravagant budget. It's just like some people say, well, we only pay this much. And it's like, well, unless I'm partnered with somebody who will sell it overseas and do, you know, all the business side of things I don't want to think about, you know, you just, you have to do a cut rate version of it. Um, but no, that's, that's the excitement of animation. And, and yes, I would love to put together, there's tons of people I'd like to work with and uh, to get them all back together, get them together, you know, for the first time and then let those people feed off of each other. It's just amazing. That's a pretty good answer, even though it was all over the place. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, I think that is that all the questions. Colleen is checking. Checking on the questions. Hey, did you, did you celebrate Lost Day? I did not. I didn't didn't know there was one. I guess I got lost. <laughs> it's on uh, April eighth, twenty fifteen, at sixteen hundred hours and twenty three minutes. In 43 seconds, all the numbers. Ah, I guess. I see you now. Oh, well. I missed it. But I didn't know till that day. The real question I'm asking. You know about, what? Guess what, guys? We didn't miss it. We were just doing stuff. <laughs> uh, the question I'm going to ask everybody is, uh, have you pre-ordered your Apple Watch yet? Oh, that's old technology. I've, I've actually got, I work with Apple closely and, you know, made some friends way back when. So I've actually... Got an Apple implant, which you guys will get in another five years. And uh, basically, I just you know touch certain parts of uh, my body, and uh, things happen. Oh, this is going somewhere. <laughs> and, let's, and let me tell you, skip the upgrades. Like, no, go ahead. Where awesome. were you at six fifteen when we did the Married Man show? Uh, uh, no, I have not pre-ordered my watch, and I gotta say, it's the one piece of. Apple technology that I look at, I say, that is awesome looking. Just the simple thing of, of making it so black so that the images kind of float there in a 3D way, that's just design-wise is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, the most thing I hear is people say, well, I don't really wear a watch and I haven't really worn a watch since college because it's like, you know, I try to leave on time and then it doesn't matter what time it is during it. I just have to, you know, go as fast as I can to get wherever I'm going. Uh, and now, of course, you can always pull out your phone. Um, and the thing is, I mean, again, it's got to have what's the killer app that's going to be on it that you go, oh, yes, now I see why I want that. That can't be done by it, something it else. Time. Well, I yeah. think, I, I think the the... The, the health features are going to be great. I think Apple Pay on your watch is great because you just put up your watch to the Apple Pay or the. Yeah, I have a wallet to pay, but you won't need it anymore. Yeah, it's on your watch. Say, 
I mean, you got to realize I'm for everybody else in your generation and I'm kind of open to stuff, but you know, (laughs) it's definitely the old fart category of, you know, if a guy wants to steal my money, he actually has to make the effort to pick my pocket, uh, (laughs) as opposed to having electronic pay that, you know, just how people walk up to an ATM and they put their little device on the slot. The next few people come in, they just read their cards as they're going in. It's like, you know, when you walk up to the Starbucks, you know, who's to say there's not a little silver canister next to it that someone will say, I got that information. And that's not paranoia. It's just like. It happens. Right now, it is that thing where, you know, oh, can you believe that guy paid cash or wrote a check, you know, instead of using a debit card. But. We don't use debits either. So, okay, uh, but I, again, I see the convenience of it, but I, I frankly don't want to make it more convenient for me to spend money. <laughs> hold on a second. You're, you're still not that guy that writes a check, are you? I wrote one today, as a matter of fact. Oh my yes. God. I were still write li- checks. Were you in line somewhere? No, I, I'm very self-conscious when there's a line. I, it's like, <laughs> how much can I fill out ahead of time while I'm waiting <laughs> in line I'm, and all that? If I'm behind you, I'm giving you a dirty look. Really? <laughs> I'm I You're take- writing with a check? Come on. <laughs> hey, it's money. You know what? And then when they still have the people that write with a check, they get out. I'm not saying it's a woman, but they get their purse out. It's in their purse. <laughs> they drag it. I'm like going, really? You had to wait all that time? You've been sitting here watching bag all your groceries? Oh, I don't, don't get me started because I don't like to complain. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, it is one of those you can complain. But if I say, oh, here, let me write you a check for $500, Jack, I bet you're not going to go, oh. I can't wait around. Just 500? Yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's for your Darkwing Duck drawing. You know, that I'll be in line. <laughs> See, now it's $500. I, now that, it's and that's, a, you that's, can... that's a fair price. Oh, my God. That's yeah. a fair yeah, price. For a Jack Gatfelter uh, Darkwing? There's not many of those around. There you go. <laughs> I'd pay 500 for a Darkwing Gladfelter Jack Gladfelter Darkwing. There you go. So, anyway, it, it's kind of like with the watch. It is... Um, I mean, it's not, I mean, obviously everybody has had these conversations, but it's not something that you say, oh, I can leave my, um, my phone at home. In other words, the phone is like having a supercomputer in your pocket. And it's like, if that suddenly became this supercomputer, so I don't need the other thing, it's like, okay, then I can see that. I still tend not to wear watches, so... Um, My argument is it's 20 years too late. Yeah, exactly. When people used to wear watches, that's when you wanted to do it. Even the the, uh, health things that you talk about, it's like, yeah, well, you're at a certain age, but you you pass a certain point or a certain lifestyle, and suddenly you say, you know, like, I need a watch to tell me I'm a fat sucker on the sofa. You know, if this watch can get me another bag of potato chips and pork rinds, <laughs> they'd have something. Yeah, uh, I just, so I don't know. I don't. It's not like I look at it and say, "Oh, they they they're stupid. They've they've blown it this time." I look at it and say, "Okay, once again, everybody else was putting out watches of various sorts, and they said, oh, no, we're putting out a ten thousand dollar watch. You know, we're gonna put a.'" kind of a bracelet on it or something like that, that we're going to get into a, a style thing. And it's like, you know what? I'm not that market, but there are people who are in that market. So, you know, they up the game with that. Um, 
So, you know, hope it turns into something, but I actually, I'm kind of thankful that look something that I'm not dying to buy. Uh, Cause I definitely enjoy the Apple landscape, you know, talking to you one on Apple and a Cintiq right now. So actually your, uh, your Skype profile picture is you holding a, a it's like a 27 inch MacBook Pro. <laughs> you could tell because you know how big my hand is. Is it 27? I don't think it's. I got the 27 one. That no. was our. I currently in the house because we don't buy our computers all at once. I actually have the slowest computer now, and that was we really needed the laptop that we had was, I think the second generation MacBook, the one that was the first time they made it black. And yeah. literally, it was kind of prying apart. And uh, so, yes, that was our, you know, don't use a lot. But, you know, when I do travel or I go somewhere, you know, it's awesome. My wife uses it, too. Um, but, yeah, I just, you know, I would love to be able to update right now, in even picture, as we speak. Can I say something? In the picture, you look like you're mad. Like you're saying, I'm taking my laptop and I'm leaving. Oh, well, that's Doesn't standard like that? for the information like industry. Yeah. No, I was trying to look, you know, like one of those old Russian propaganda posters, you know, it's like, <laughs> I'm off to do great things for the fatherland. Well, very cool. All right. Well, that is it uh, for our section with Tad Stones, Yay! the amazing, the Yay! wonderful. Do uh, we have a uh, person who's, I should say, whoever gives the most who actually wants a drawing as opposed to somebody who just ambles in? Uh do we have a Did winner? someone come up with something sizable? Um, I'm, I'm going to throw in, in a second. I want a drawing. Well, I think it should be up to 750 now. I know that's cheating. Hey, 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 Colleen, this is for a cause. Yeah. So well, if somebody wants to give more money than anybody gave in the last hour, you don't say no. You don't turn money no, even if it's a check. And he can do that, but it's a little tacky to be hosting it and outbidding somebody. Because <laughs> you know the you know the deal. And yes, and the like, poor researchers like that are saying like, "Oh no, don't give us any more money because it's tacky." <laughs> I get what Colleen's saying though. It's like it's like insider trading. You know that. Yeah. You know what the highest bid is. He could go. You got a Darkwing Duck statue. What else do you need? Hey, hey, hey. Okay, you know what? If you want to play that game, yeah. announce the highest thing right now, yeah. and whoever tops it in the next, you know, whatever time. No, because that's not fair to that person. They thought that they made it. Well, they don't know. They can rebid. They don't know. They don't know what they bid. They don't know who they are. It's a, it's a silent it? auction. It okay, let's fair. put it this way. Did anybody in this time... Pledge more than a hundred dollars. No. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> good, I... <laughs> After all I've said that he's worth more than two fifty. Actually, I realized I realized when I made the offer that it's kind of unfair to people who have have um Already bid. bid throughout the day and they would still like Yeah, we got a bunch of the one oh eights. We always get the yeah, one oh eights, so. which are the, not the that they awesome cared. ones. But we we had a lot of those, you know, earlier early on. All right. So what was what was the highest? The highest bid was. Um, do you want me to get the person's name, or do you want me? To wait, 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 wait. Before we do this, uh, back on this insider training things, with <laughs> with without Jay knowing, could he say an amount that would make you say, okay, if you do that much over that bid, it's okay, or you just don't like it on the whole tacky thing. So so if he goes like. Twenty dollars over the bid. 
it's okay. See, Jay could have said something like, oh, I want to give it to Zachary. But he doesn't. He wants it for himself. Oh, he definitely wants it for himself. <laughs> well, I, I would give it when, to Zachary, but I'm When I'm I die, grandpa. Zachary will get it. So that's how I, I was just going to say, there's going to come a time when Zachary will have everything of Jay's <laughs> exactly. and most of it is just going to be tossing. Jay's probably got it it, where it goes in the storage for a thousand It'll, it'll go in my tomb with it. me. <laughs> I mean, I have, I mean, gonna, I have all sorts like of stuff. He's going to be buried with all of his toys. He'll dig it up a thousand years ago. Who's like this a, geek that took all these toys with him? A Ninja Turtle sarcophagus. <laughs> and who, they'll go on, his, his uh, tomb will go on tour, like the King Cut did back in the uh, late 70s. What are these? Okay, this let's, I, I know, who do you, you've got somebody else coming up, so we have to move off. Well, but, uh, I, okay, so who's the winner? Or how, what was the amount? It was uh, $50. Hundred dollars, and it was uh, James Bagley. Well, my bid's a hundred bucks. You're not you. No, it is closed. Oh, thing. The wife says no. I don't. Okay. I, I so I will do a sketch for James Bagley, and if now that's so that's closed, he gets what he wants. If Jay would like to contribute a hundred dollars, I will do one for him too. Boom. <laughs> Uh, now that's okay, right? Uh, well, I think it's 50 50 right now. I think it's okay with Jay, but I'm looking across the room and I don't think it's okay. That's fine. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be okay? Must we talk about the parable of the guy in the sticks? I'm, I, I know, I'm sorry. I'm not a Bible guy, so I know there's a better name for it. There's a parable where a guy goes out and he hires workers at like seven in the morning to work in his field. And then he goes out at uh, like lunchtime and there's a bunch of guys laying around. He says, yeah, I'm going to put these guys to work. Come work for me and I'll pay you this amount. And then he goes out at three o'clock and there's still people out there. He says, I'm going to put you to work, you know, and he hires them. They work in the field. And then there's a guy who comes in at, he's out there at 430 and the guy, and he says, I'll hire you. And so five o'clock, it's time to pay people. Everybody gets paid the same. And the, you know, the guys who started at eight complain, and he said, we had an agreement. You said you'd work for this amount of money, and I'm giving you every penny of that. Don't begrudge somebody else's, you know, fortune. I'm not sure what the lesson of that was, but it's always stuck with me, and it applies to Jay at this moment right now, that James Bagley got the sketch that he wanted, and now I'm making a second deal for Jay because he gets that much more to charity. Right, take the okay. Wait a minute, <laughs> you, you, you sold her on the stick story. So there you go. Okay, the guy in the sticks in the Bible. In the Bible, it uh, says, Dark winged duck can be given <laughs> in the beginning. In the beginning, dark winged duck created the heavens uh, and the earth. Uh, Ted, I will email you the and I'll email you from my email, not the shared one. Okay. Um, now that this whole thing is over, I won't be in that email for the next eleven months. So, um. oh, good. <laughs> I just use it because it's convenient. If you, if your name's there. I get. I do. Uh, Tad. It pops up. I will. I will get that. Get it, and I will send you. And so you use the same email too. It's like I think. I know. It, it still has the header of I only use Skype once a year, and yeah, actually now I talk to Nova Scotia <laughs> like once a week on Skype because there's where's that's where our studio is. That's Nova right. Scotia. So can we take credit for you using Skype on the regular now? Is that yeah, like, is, are we yeah. part of that origin story? I believe you. I'm trying to think. I think you guys were my. Are we up? 
I, I would say, I mean, I'm sure I Skyped at work or something like that, but uh, yeah, you, you busted my Skype cherry, as the kids say. Woo! <laughs> Woohoo! All right, uh, good sir, Tad. Thank you so much again. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, we'll be at Comic Con again this year, so I'm sure you'll see my wife and miss seeing me. Uh, <laughs> oh, excellent. And, and my plan Zantac. is complete. And yeah, and uh, my son's coming this year, so uh, maybe you'll see uh, little Zachary. Okay, give him earplugs or something. And, no, know. that is a baby that likes being in the thick of things. Actually, I have to say, and I guess we do have to get off. So, um, I just last year I said, you know what? I think I'm done with Comic-Con for a little bit. I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to come back next year because I basically go to, to more to see people I hardly see. And, and it's like, Oh, the guys didn't make it out here. And I don't think I'm going to go. And I stay with my son. Um, when I'm down in San Diego, the maker of the grandchildren. And, and they said, yeah, we're thinking next year is the first year that we'll ha let the kids go. And I went, no, they're pulling me back in because they're never going to get tickets where the kids oh, yeah. are young enough that I can just get them in for free. So I'll babysit for a day and have a great time. So Yay, grandkids. I will be there. <laughs> well, Beautiful. We'll see you then. Awesome. We'll see you then. Thank you, Tad, again. All right. Awesome, thank gentlemen. you, guys. It's and, been fun. Uh, we'll talk, see you soon. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye, Tad. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.